Hello, Oonscasters. You are listening to episode 229. This is Shabari. I've got my sidekick, Gord, with me. Hello. Hello, Gordy. (laughs) We missed you last week. Oh, you did. And the week before, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Canadian Thanksgiving means camping for me. And your birthday and Andrew's birthday. Wife's birthday. Lots of birthdays. Electing a new Canadian president. Yeah. Yeah. There's so Um, much. So much going on. And you know what's exciting? Our our prime minister has abs now. Oh, I thought you were going to say that he he was prepubescent. And I was going to say, oh, okay. No, No, he's just getting into puberty now. Oh, well... There's an app for that. And, um, this, <laughs> and this is the first prime minister that I think his mom was actually hot. So, and he doesn't have to dye his hair yet, so that's cool. That is. Yeah. No, actually, I was going to say, do you know who I have locked up in the in the Unscast basement right now? Ozzy Osbourne. Nope. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Nope. Uh, Bob Geldof. No. <laughs> you don't get to guess anymore because you're bad at it. <laughs> I got to be bad at something, honey. Or, uh, I don't know what other things you try to be bad at, but okay. Um, okay. No, actually, I have Wesley from Reaction. Holy here. crap, you do? I totally do. Hi, Wesley. Hello. <sighs> I bet you're so happy that I just untied you. <laughs> So, Wesley, what brings you around to our little corner of the interwebs? I invited him with candy. I did not know there was going to be candy. I forgot to give you the candy part. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I missed out on on telling you about the candy. (laughs) See, but like all of us, when Shabanana calls, we come. Always a new name. You can't help Gordy, but come when she you. calls you. Aw, that's 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 over exaggerating, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that were true, I would not be single. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that whole like dating thing just doesn't work out. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she has all these male guests and co-hosts. Have you noticed that? So she can work all us up into a frothy frenzy. And... Well, yeah, you obviously have to have male friends, <laughs> some of which might be single. <laughs> no, actually, Wesley is pretty cool. I've, I was chatting with him before you came online, and uh, there I have learned a lot about Wesley. What's the <laughs> most fascinating thing you've learned so far? Hmm... Well, other than the fact that he does the podcast that we talked about, um, he started music with playing violin. Really? I did. See? Word is impressed, too. Well, no, that is, I think, a very, very hard instrument. (laughs) I I got an early start on it. Did you really? When did you start? Uh, I started it when I was in fourth grade. That would have been 96. So, oh, you're um, such a baby. 
I, uh, yeah, uh, 96. Uh, I cannot think of how old you are when you're in fourth grade right now. So that's really cool though. Cause if you can play violin, I've heard that you can play many other instruments. It definitely uh, helped when I, uh, when I tried, when I started doing guitar and, and all that as well. Well, also without frets and everything, it, it really trains your ear for intonation and it definitely does. Like I, I, I can't learn to play the piano properly because I'll just start figuring out the the tune that I'm trying to play and noodle it in rather than actually read the notes on a page. So it it actually has hurt my ability to learn playing the piano. Aww. Well, music always comes from the heart before it comes from the page. Yes. Yeah. That's what I believe. I can't read music at all. I'm a drummer. Me wall. either. Oh, I, I mean, I'm not so worried about learning uh, to play like sheet music piano but like just getting the form and like uh understanding how finger placement works on the keys and and all that uh chords and whatnot that's what i have trouble learning now because i'll just like figure out a tune and start noodling it around rather than (laughs) rather than actually work on form that's cool though i mean you even can try to like noodle it in as you call it um but you you're pretty multi-talented i mean you podcast you also um play in the band product and then you have reaction which is your band um that makes you pretty you're like a triple threat <laughs> you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of noodles you got a lot in of, here. yeah you got a lot of noodles going on <laughs> i keep very busy <laughs> so, so you you are part of the band product tell us what you do there uh, for product, I do live support. Um, Michael writes all the music and does all that. But uh, when he performs, uh, me and our buddy Levi uh, help him out on stage, give him a little extra presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually switch between either playing uh, keyboards in kind of in additive fashion or doing uh, lighting, but we'll like rig the light board up on a, a keyboard stand and I just kind of treat it like drums like a drum machine almost mm-hmm. where i kind of like hammer the the presets that we've programmed or like mess with the sliders live and try and make it really flow with whatever music we're doing i kind of want to know i mean because we have to do like the interview thing um so <laughs> <laughs> darn that responsible podcasting uh <laughs> Um, so how did you come up with Reaction? I mean, did you always know that you just wanted your own um, project to do? Or, I mean... You heard other yeah. music and you thought you could do it better. <laughs> well, uh, I actually started uh, doing Reaction uh, in as Necessary Noise was the first name for it. But I ended up changing it in, I think, 2008. Um, I had just gotten into industrial music and electronic music more broadly in uh, around 2006. Before that, I was just all punk all the time. Um, yeah. I think it's a good way to go. That's I how I started to. Yeah. Maybe. It's a gateway. It's a gateway. It's a gateway music. Punk <laughs> rock is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I had, uh, I had gotten really into cyberpunk like literature, like uh, reading William Gibson and Bruce Sterling and and all that sort of stuff. And I saw uh, industrial music as sort of the 
uh, dark future version of what punk music was. So Mm -hmm. it seemed like a natural bridge to me to step into that.
so many friends in anger and pain you wanted to change your world but you did it again lost in this emptiness with this wonderful taste this snow is white and clean You have no time to waste Face to face with
They may be misinformed about the truth. They may be misguided. Somebody has led them on the wrong path. A path of corruption and destruction. But yet God's mercy every day that they live is extended to them and they have another opportunity to be saved. song for you uh, the best to perform is it uh is it the interaction between you and the crowd that seems to always arise during a song or is it uh is it just something that uh, emotionally comes up within you uh because of you know, your memories or thoughts or whatever i think it's that i think it's the emotional context of the song that really does it for me i try to make sure that anything that i write has a has a very strong like either emotional or philosophical uh connection to myself and and i always try and and bring that sort of feeling as far forward as i can when i perform hmm i i've i've already picked like all the dance dancier songs that i've already put into 
the Oons cast. And I actually, um, the the smile the smile is I can't even say it right now. I, I'm so sorry. I'm the like, smile is a mask that I wear. Yeah, <laughs> my mouth isn't working right now. Oh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of those long titles. Yeah, no, <laughs> I noticed that the record keeps spinning. <laughs> um, no, um, so that is the song that I actually identified the most with when I was listening to the whole album. Um, and I. I want you to tell me a little bit about the writing of that song. Well, uh, anytime I write a song, it's always going to have a, a strong connection to how I'm feeling at that place in time. So you can kind of look at an album as kind of a snapshot of where I was at and what I was feeling. Um, I think that that song kind of is a snapshot of, how I kind of try and react to depression. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times we have people who suffer from depression tend to have uh, a response to try and like hide it or ignore it or pretend that it doesn't exist. And I think that's really kind of the, the, the through line for that song, The, the hiding the fact that you don't feel good and that, things aren't all right with you. I I think that um, that's what I identified the most with. Um, like I was telling you earlier, you know, I've been going through some health issues and stuff like that, and it took a really long time to um, diagnose what I was going through. And um, since I have been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disorder, right. um it's it's kind of like a silent um, thing like depression is. And you do go through a lot of depression with it too because you hurt for no reason. You don't understand, you know, why you're going through like such agony. And depression is agony as well. Um, and a lot of the times you put a smile on your face and just kind of, you know, fake your way through your day kind of thing right. so that everybody else thinks you're okay. And I so identify with that because, you know, I do a lot of smiling and laughing um, while on the inside. I feel like I'm dying, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. uh, it's it's very rare that someone can pick up on that. And that song just totally hit it for me. So, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I, so- I'm always happy to hear if somebody can can kind of identify with that. Yeah. I think that's one of the benefits of writing music that you have a personal connection to is that uh, that's often very, a lot more relatable than than the less personal sort of songs. Right, right. I don't know. It, it kind of like connects souls in a way because while everybody may not be experiencing the same thing, they may connect into that song, you know, differently. And but they all still get the same feeling from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, well, the common commonality of experience and emotion might yeah. not be exactly the same thing, but it's, exactly uh, you can all recognize. Writing is you know writing songs like that. That of, of course that uh, connect deeply to something in your own mind. Uh, how, what is it like when people come up and, and tell you what that song meant to them, even though 
you know, it, it's a different experience or whatever. How does that make you feel? Well, actually, this is the first time that's happened that somebody's actually, you know, let me know how a song has interacted with them. And uh, it's it's a good feeling. It, it's nice to hear that people can have that connection to something that I wrote and and the things that I felt and wanted to kind of portray kind of like uh you're not alone in this world you know i think that's maybe you know like when you connect into a song to like for the listener that oh my gosh you're not alone in this experience right someone else is going through the same experience so yeah wow that got deep (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we're all holding hands now i know can we like sing kumbaya or something Everybody join us on the blanket of love. <laughs> that sounds that sounds creepy. I'm really not stalking you, Wesley. <laughs> Yet. Um And when so, she says it like that, it's so scary, isn't it? it sounds quite rather delicious. <laughs> delicious. I have free candy in the white van. Um <laughs> Strangers have the best candy. Yes, that's me. <laughs> oh wait, no, you told me for you told me in text that Canadians have the best candy. Uh, best chocolate for oh, sure. Best chocolate. U.S. chocolate sucks. It sucks so bad that Hershey's has to try to ban the good chocolate so people don't know the difference. There's good. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the difference. Chocolate is chocolate to me. No, no. I, I'm going to make a little care package and send down to you. Are you really, Gordy? Yes, and I, I will show you things. That was that, me squeeing. That <laughs> that will make you long for the northern climb. <laughs> and then you know what? The, the northern climb. <laughs> you worry me. Um. And, then all I'll be doing is like I'll be like you'll be like my chocolate dealer. <laughs> I'm, I'll be like Jonesy. I'll be like you guys let me chocolate man. You gotta, I need chocolate. Please send me chocolate. I need chocolate. Yeah. Wes, are you a chocolate fanatic? I do. It really enjoy chocolate, and I'm lucky enough to live in Portland where we have like artists and everything. So we have amazing chocolate here. Oh, nice. <laughs> what do you think of that show, Portlandia? Uh, it exaggerates less than I would like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's not as far off as people outside of Portland would think. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, like, I have a lot of friends up in the Portland area. And then, like, it's so, like, different up there than, like, the other areas that I've, like, talked to with bands and stuff. Right. Well, why do you think that is? Like, you know, Seattle is obvious because of the, you know, the the rain and the the fog and everything. It kind of has this mellowing. But what what about Portland? Well, Portland is very similar uh, in that regard. You know, we we don't see the sun for like eight months out of the year at least. So uh, I think that that tends to have the same effect that Seattle has. But Portland also has the benefit of not being as small or as large or as moneyed as Seattle. So it kind of kept an indie vibe going for a while too. So I think the mix between kind of like the whole Pacific Northwest, you know, 
rain and trees mixed with, you know, not as nearly as much money as Seattle or San Francisco kind of gave it its own weird little culture.
questions. Now. Oh. Okay, would you rather eat a Twinkie filled with ants or drink a milkshake that has been filtered through the post-match <laughs> jock of a professional wrestler? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh. Where do you go with that? I don't know. I would choose the ants one. <laughs> you know, I, I, th I think the ants one would have to be my answer. Um, I don't know about drinking through a, a post-match jock strap. Um, you know, those guys... I, I more because I'd be worried about the amount of baby oil that was in that thing. Ew. <laughs> what the hell kind of wrestling do you watch? Baby I, oil? I I swear every time I I see some wrestling, there's You're always a, at least a couple dudes who have like permanently wet hair and are just like <laughs> so shiny that it's overexposing every camera that tries to hit it. You know what? I, you just gave me an idea for a new segment on the Oons Cast. What, oily wrestler? Baby oil wrestling, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could cover, cover themselves with all kinds of things. Olive oil, Italian dressing. Can we cover dressing, them with chocolate pudding? Chocolate pudding. <laughs> that would be noticeable. <laughs> that would be an interesting look for a pro wrestler. <laughs> Did you guys see that movie, The Replacements? With Keanu Reeves and uh, where the guy couldn't catch the football, so they put stick him on his hands. All of your good actors are from Canada. William <laughs> Shatner, Jim okay. Carrey. William Shatner, no, he can stay in Canada. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Just all about the CanCon up here. It, well, yeah. we have to. We do have can Canadian content. Uh, Mandy Patinkin is my favorite um, actor, and I don't think he's. He's just from my favorite word. Mandy Patinkin. Oh, hey, you fall off your bike. Oh, man, I hit my Mandy Patinkins. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to Mandy her Patinkin. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God, I can't go out. I got to get some penicillin. I got the Mandy Patinkins. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's Inigo. What is it? Inigo Montoya from... Uh... Princess Bride. Yeah, and he was in um, Dead Like Me. Dead Like Me, which is one of my favorite shows. Filmed in Vancouver. Oh, you and your Canada. What wasn't filmed in Vancouver? Right? Uh, it's not about the Canada today. <laughs> it is. We just had our, our erections. Your erections. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we still do it like with pen, a pencil and paper. Do you really? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> gonna take forever those little golf pencils that you get like at putt-putt mm -hmm. like at putt-putt <laughs> golf yes wesley do you play putt-putt golf i have not in a long time <gasps> oh so you you haven't well, had, like handled a putter in a long time i have not handled a putter in a long time oh, hmm. the thrill of getting a ball through a windmill that it's foreign to me. I just, I just don't remember what that feels like. <laughs> and that's the real story behind this smile. Is the mask that I wear? I've just <laughs> lost the ability to feel the windmill due to the penetration. Lack of mini golf. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> we had a true life confession right here on the Oons Cast. I know. Lucky I tell you, is is it that mini golf isn't popular? Up in, I don't uh, even know Portlandia? where there's a mini golf Portlandia. course here. It was closed down for being too sexually uh, 
aggressive. Um, you have to knock um, the white ball and have it penetrate the hole. Yeah, we we only do things <laughs> passive aggressively here. <laughs> no, wait, that's that's Canada. <laughs> yeah, we're like Pan- Canada South. That's the whole Canada point South. of Portland. <laughs> Canada South. <laughs> He said Canada South. That was the best thing. (laughs) Oh, Wesley, I think I love you. (laughs) You actually broke Gord. (laughs) You actually broke him. It's awesome. Oh, that's oh, it. I, I need to get that put on a bumper sticker. Portland, Canada South. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing to do in Portland? That's the most best fun. thing to do in Portland. If I gave you a solid $20. <laughs> solid $20. <laughs> You're going on one of those cheap nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one of my favorite things... I don't get out as much as I used to. Uh, I tend to be pretty broke these days. But one of my favorite things that I used to do in Portland was eat the food. There's so many great restaurants here uh, that that that's one of my first go-to things when I have people visiting from out of town. I just take them to restaurants. Uh, and then, you know, we have weekly industrial and goth nights we have goth industrial stuff happening almost every day of the week here which is well what what is the scene like there is that uh, i mean uh it's it's not bad you know we've got a good group of people who tend to come out pretty regularly we've had uh our main industrial goth whatever you want to call it dance night has been going Oh, man, since before I moved here. So it has to be more than 10 years now, uh, weekly night, um, which I think is better than a lot of cities can say at this point, you know, having a, a an active night that's still going that long, that continues to go. It seems like it's kind of, it's, it's rough in a lot of places right now. And I think we, we tend to be going a lot stronger. So it is talking to ghosts. I'm now curious. Sorry, I, I'm I'm I, I I live in a little. He really sh- wants to know if it's like ectoplasmy. <laughs> uh, it's an interview podcast that I do with uh, my buddy Michael from Product. We just interview any kind of creative person that we think is going to have interesting stories. Basically, um, our last episode that we put up was uh, high functioning flesh. We had uh, wolves in the throne room a while ago. We've talked to Matt from Caustic. Uh, all sorts of people. We talked to a couple comic book authors like Jen Van Meter, who wrote Hopeless Savages. Um, yeah, all sorts of people. So all these pre-ghosties. Yep. <laughs> Whoever strikes your fancy. But they don't do any music. They just they just talk, which is really cool. Yeah, we, we talk usually 45 minutes to an hour with each person that we talk to. We have one early episode. I think it's like episode four or something that we interviewed a local comedian and that one was like two and a half hours long it was a bit out of control (laughs) (laughs) did you just spit water no confess that wasn't water what was it (laughs) (laughs) Wes interrogate him 
interrogate him? Yes. <laughs> Give me a good waterboarding. <laughs> that is our specialty down here. <laughs> yes, Canada South, we, we specialize in uh, in waterboarding, and I'm going to waterboard you so good. See, in Canada, our version of waterboarding is apologizing because we didn't have the right brand of uh, water. <laughs> just keep, we just keep saying sorry until the person gives up. Yeah, I was going to say in Portland, I think our version of waterboarding would be that we waterboard ourselves and then say, <laughs> man, I really wish I could stop this if only you gave me the answers. <laughs> <laughs>